Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to this edition of Peak to Pit. I'm Allie Peak alongside TJ Pittinger. And this is definitely our saddest podcast to date. Um, since we last recorded, Kobe Bryant was killed in a helicopter crash along with uh, seven other people or eight other people, seven other people. What yeah. would be the, what's, um, and along with his daughter, Gigi, who was 13. Horrific tragedy. I know both of us have kind of had a hard time dealing with this for different reasons. Yeah, it's definitely been tough. Um, we were thinking about recording on Monday and, uh, I, you know, it, it's been pretty, pretty emotional, pretty tough. And I didn't, didn't think I could get through it. And then we kind of had some scheduling stuff yesterday. And so it's Wednesday morning and we're finally doing this. Um, we definitely want to talk about Kobe and talk about the Super Bowl that's in four or five days. Um, but yeah, it's been a it's been a weird couple of days. It's been a, a an emotional couple of days, not not just for us, but uh, certainly anybody in in kind of the sports world or or whatever. Um, but it's it's been as awful as it is. I mean, it's been neat to see. Uh, the tributes and the different things that have happened. So we'll we'll just kind of jump into it. But we'll, you know, I'll let you start. And you know, what are your thoughts? What are I mean? I know I'm sure there's a million, but I'll kind of let you let you go, and we'll go back and forth. Well, you know, on Sunday I was sitting on the couch, just hanging out with my husband and our kids, and playing playing on my phone. And I saw a TMZ alert that Kobe Bryant had been in a helicopter crash, or had been killed in a helicopter crash, and. You know, I feel like you see those articles about celebrities having died on a somewhat regular basis, and they're usually completely made up or whatever. And um, so I immediately started trying to verify it with other sources. And ESPN didn't have anything. ABC didn't have anything. Fox didn't have anything. So I, for a couple minutes, was like, okay, this is probably not true. But I really hate when people do this because it's such... It's a sick joke. It really is. It's not something to joke about. And I actually sent you a text message. I didn't see that you had already tweeted about like, please let this not be true or whatever. Um, and then all like slowly other news sites picked it up. ESPN was really one of the last ones, which honestly, given their ties to sports and to um, Kobe Bryant himself and whatever, I, I, I totally understand the taking their time to really verify before they 
put this out there to the world. I feel like the ramifications for them for getting it wrong are probably a lot bigger than news organizations that are not associated with sports getting it wrong. Um, if that makes sense. But, you know, and then we went through the whole wave of emotion. His whole family was on the plane. No, they weren't. He was by himself. Is this, is that like, it was five people dead. No, it was nine people dead. I mean, it, um, was really, really, really crazy. But I think, and, and you and I talked about this a little bit through text messages, this death has probably hit me harder than any death of anybody that I don't personally know that I can remember. Um, it's, it's, it's probably hit me harder than people that I do know. Now, not everybody, but, uh, right. yeah, like it well, is, it is insane you know, how, and, and how well, many people I've heard say that, like, right. Like not just me and you, like I had yeah. a buddy text me. I've had several people text me and say, I don't know why I'm so emotional about this and I never met him, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's not just well, us. You know, I think like means. when you think about some of the big names, people that have died as it, we've been adults, you know, we think of Michael Jackson and Prince and um, uh, Whitney Houston, like things like that. But those um, were self-inflicted and not that they're not sad and not that they're not tragedies, but to me, that's different than this is. This wasn't anything that he cho chose, even if uh, none of those people were in their right mind, or even if it was accidental overdoses or whatever. I mean, he was, he left church at seven o'clock in the morning to go coach his daughter's basketball game. Like it doesn't get more pure than those things. People doing drugs and overdosing, I have way less sympathy for, which maybe is incredibly callous, but this is just different. He didn't choose this. He didn't, his lifestyle didn't, you know, predict that this could be a potential outcome. He, I mean, he was going to church, getting right with the Lord and then going to play basketball. That's, or coach basketball, excuse me. There's just nothing more wholesome than that. And I, I think for me personally, and I know this is part of it for you too, you're a girl dad. I have four daughters just like Kobe Bryant does. And so I immediately think about my husband who Obviously, there's not a whole lot of parallels between Eric and Kobe Bryant in terms of their professional careers or academic prowess or whatever, even though Eric, you're a good athlete. But Eric is an amazing dad to four girls. And I can't tell you how many times he's been told, like, oh, man, you hope too bad you didn't get that son. Are you going to try another one for that son? Like, seems really crazy. You're not going to pass that athletic ability on to you know, a, a son. You don't have a son to follow in your footsteps at Florida or whatever. And he always is like, are you kidding? My girls are so athletic. They're, you know, they're so good at this. I can't wait to watch what their uh, athletic careers are. And so listening to clips of Kobe talk about stuff like that really hits home for me. Yeah. Like almost, I mean, you see the one on, you know, Jimmy Kimmel where he talks about Gigi saying that. And I mean, he was so proud of them, right? Like, and that's, the it wasn't thing. a line. He was, he believed that it wasn't like, this is what I'm supposed to say because I don't want to hurt my daughter's feelings. He believed this. And I think that that's, I don't know. It, it makes it even worse to me. I don't know. It does. And, and I don't know the fact that she was on the plane or on the helicopter, um, you know, makes it so, so much worse, you know, um, you know, and it's just so tragic. Like, like you said, there are, have been other celebrity deaths, um, 
but a lot of those celebrity deaths that we mentioned, those those folks were were pretty out of the out of the scene. You know, um, Michael Jackson was was sick for a while, and it's it's just different. You know, and a Prince complete was, weirdo. Prince, yeah, Prince was sick for a while, not really in the scene like that. Like Whitney had her battles. I I think about Robin Williams was one that. It was was pretty sad for uh, my wife and I. We're big Disney fans, and and really, you and I know, think it like caught a lot, a lot of his, people off guard too. Yeah, like a lot of his stuff. But at the same time, he was nearly seventy years old. Um, sure. Didn't have a a seven or eight month old baby, you know. Yeah. Um, so there's just a lot more. Kobe just got really not even out of the public eye because you know he was still doing so much outside of basketball. But he just retired, you know, three yeah. and a half years ago. Um, he just won an Oscar a year and a half ago. He was doing stuff with ESPN. Um, he, he was, was going to be inducted these, into the Hall of Fame this Hall of year, Fame 2020. This year, he was at he was courtside at these games because of Gigi. Like he wasn't going well, because and, he mean, needed to be there, and so he was still very much. Around. Think about that video from 24 hours before of him congratulating LeBron for breaking his record. Yeah, I mean. It's he was just still so so much in the public eye, so around everything else, um, and that's what makes it tough. That's what makes it yeah. really really difficult. Um, you know, I've talked to you about this. I talked about this on the Big Three Roll Up, and uh, have had a couple of days to compose myself. It was pretty tough there, but uh, Kobe was absolutely. And I know that a lot of people say stuff like this, like after somebody dies or after something happens like this, but Kobe was undoubtedly my favorite athlete of all time. Like you can search my tweets, any, any tweets that I've got that ask about that, like Kobe's always number one. And then it's, you know, Derek Brooks and Roger Federer and Jameis and people like that. But like Kobe is always number one. And I, I told you this, um, there is one sports poster that hangs in my house because my wife just won't let it look like a man cave all over. And that's Kobe's game winner against the heat over, over Wade. And, uh, I just got a pair of Kobe's delivered to my house last night, um, that I ordered last week. Um, I just bought a coffee table book two or three weeks ago that, that, uh, came in through Amazon and, and that's still sitting on our coffee table. So, Um, my wife was a huge Vanessa fan, like as big of a Kobe fan as I was, she loved Vanessa because Vanessa and the girls and Kobe were always at Disney. Um, they were always watching Coco, uh, which is my daughter's favorite movie. Um, so the, you know, we, I think uh, they were a real family and there's something about that that is really easy to connect to. Even if you aren't a huge sports fan, you can, it's easy to have respect for somebody who, loves his family as much as he does. And and honestly, they fought for their family too. If you think back to 2003 and um, the rape allegations, which are allegations, he he was never charged with anything. Uh, You know, it was settled out of court. Um, But they fought for their family. Whether or not those things were true or there was even a little bit of, you know, hint of truth in any of it, that's hard on a marriage. And I think that there's a lot of people who would give up. She could have taken half of what he had and run and nobody would have blamed her whether or not what he was accused of was true. She didn't. She stuck by her family and look at where what they built after that happened. Um, and I think that's a pretty big testament. Yeah. And, and they were like admirable, like, right. Like, so like all of that intensity on the court, um, 
like people when he was playing either absolutely loved or hated him, right? Like that respect was there for sure. But like there were people that really did not like Kobe. I remember um, I was at his last game. So we bought tickets the night he announced his retirement. Uh, I think it was November 29th. Um, I got on StubHub and bought two tickets immediately because I was like, you know, if something comes up and we can't go, um, I'll just sell them, right? Like it's not somebody will buy them. So we got tickets pretty cheap. I think they were like $250 each. People were offering $1,500 each just to get in the the game the the day of. um, So I got them at a really, really good price because I bought them just absolutely immediately. Um, But they showed that commercial where – um, Kobe's like directing um, a symphony or directing a, a choir or whatever of people like booing him and hating on him. And people really, really did uh, hate him on the court, but that respect level was there. But I think as he, as he retired through that last season, he kind of let down some of that a-hole-ishness, you know, that, that was him on the court. And you really saw him for the amazing dad that he was, the really, really good husband, the guy that would do anything for anybody. Like stories have started to come out over the last couple of days of charity work that, that he did a lot behind the scenes and would and not always let, asked for no PR. Yeah, asked for no PR to happen and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, people may or may not have liked him while he was playing, but over these last couple of years, like everybody loved Kobe. They loved yeah. his insight and, and all of that like drive and determination and stuff that he had like on the court and in practice and, and there's stories, you know, of, of several players doing this, but like getting four or 500 shots up before and after a game, you know, just because he put that work in, like he put all of that same work and effort and everything into his family, into his kids. They say the reason he was using the helicopter all the time was because he wanted to pick his kids up from school after practice. And Vanessa was like, I can just do it, babe. It's not a big deal. And he's like, look, I'm I'm on road trips. I'm out of town a lot. When I'm in yeah. Los Angeles, I saw, I'm picking them up. You know, um, An interview with him where he said that one time on the way back from the Staples Center after pra- practice, he missed a school event. And it was because of traffic. He'd left you know, in what should have been plenty of time or whatever. And that he said from that moment on, if I'm in town, there is not a school thing that I am going to miss. And so having the helicopter allowed that to happen. And, uh, you know, like what a, for as much as this guy loved basketball, he loved his family so much more. And I think that is, for me, that's part of what makes this so hard is they're just, it is, it's awesome to have good family role models. It's awesome to see people be vocal about, their family, their children, their wife. It's not something that you see every day, especially not anymore. Um, I think it's much more common to hear stories about, uh, you know, the strippers you brought back to your hotel room on uh, an away game than it is to hear about somebody buying a helicopter so that they could make it back to their kid's ballet performance. Yeah. I mean, just a, a total, I mean, inspiration from, from that side. Like, you know, you mentioned this at the beginning, but a lot of the stories and, and things that have come out now are people bragging on being a girl dad, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you know, you've shared that on social media. I have, um, you know, and, and not that people weren't proud before by any means, 
but I just don't know that people as widespread, well, certainly not, people as widespread didn't post about it, I, you know, and, and put it out there as much. I mean, like, I, I was, I've always been very proud to be a uh, girl dad. I wanted a girl when we found out Elena was, I'm sorry, when we found out Kara was pregnant. Um, but it's like, you know, not that it wasn't before, but like Kobe's almost like made it cool, right? Like, cool. yeah. you know, well, it's, I think, it's cool to be, you know, a yes, girl dad. You don't have to have like, like your story with Eric, you don't have to have a boy to carry on your family name or anything like that, you know? And, and yeah, that is the well, stigma. And, like that's what there people is. Think. There's a stigma that, and it's, and it's for all men that everybody wants that child to carry on the last name. But I think that for really gifted athletes, people that, you know, played in the pros or, you know, had an incredible college career or, you know, whatever, that there's this thing like, oh, you can't wait to have a son so that you can pass along your knowledge about the sport to them and, and, you know, and your talents to them. And it's almost like you're supposed to be disappointed if that doesn't happen because there's some part of you that isn't going to be fulfilled or whatever. And it, that's not necessarily true. And, and I'm guilty of it too. When we found out that our second set of twins were girls, there was definitely a part of me that was like, Oh man, Eric's not, there's not going to be a, a, you know, an Eric Wilbur Jr. punting at the University of Florida. Um, and, you know, that was in my head for about 10 seconds. And we're pumped that we have four girls. But I do think that that's such a stigma. And so for him to come out, if, if anybody should want a son to carry on the legacy, it's somebody like Kobe Bryant. And for him, not only to be fine with the fact that he has four daughters, but make statements like, oh, I'd have five more if I could. They're, you know, they're carrying on my legacy. Like they're better than I was They're that it's refreshing. And it, and it, I think is what all girl dads do feel, but I think it gives a face to it and it kind of makes it okay to everybody that maybe doesn't have just daughters. Yeah. Um, for sure. I, you know, I mean, I, I grew up in a family, there's seven of us and there's, there's four girls and three boys. And I mean, I love sports because of my dad. My dad didn't just focus on teaching the three boys how to play sports or, or, you know, the rules of sports as they were watching them or anything like that. We all got those same lessons. Like we, I don't, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, I retweeted this week, my little brothers, um, one of, they were talking about how it's just different growing up as a peak and that in our dining room at any given time, you could find little tiny marks of toothpaste on the wall because my dad used to put toothpaste on the tips of our fingers and then have us jump to see how high our vert was. And we would like Mark and see who, where was, who was who. And then, you know, we'd wipe it off or we'd forget. And then we'd be sitting in there for Thanksgiving. And my mom would be like, why is there toothpaste fingerprints on my wall? <laughs> um, and like, we used to get stone bruises on our heels because he would have broad jump competitions in our family room. Um, and we would do it so many times that we would get bruises on our heels, but it wasn't one of those things where it was like, okay, boys line up. He made all of us compete against each other and it made all of us really competitive and have a deep love of sports. And, uh, you know, I guess he was a, he was a girl dad before it was cool, cool to be a girl dad. <laughs> um, yeah. So kind of staying on it, of course, but like the other side of it is just how absolutely tragic it is for Vanessa and, and the girls, and the in the 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 three daughters um that survived or that that he's survived by and that Gigi survived by um 
just every aspect of it, you know. Uh, Natalia, as far as I know, is is sixteen or seventeen. I think she's she's a couple of years what I saw, yeah. older than than Gigi was. Um, I, mean, I couldn't imagine, you know, like that. You know, that's the age that that Kobe was when he was drafted, you know. And so, um, her entire life has, you know, she was just kind of getting to the age where, like, he was around all the time, right? And mm-hmm. was able to kind of spend all that time with her and, and not be on the road 40, 40 nights a year and not be at the right. Staples and Center I mean, the other 40 nights a year and, and practice. She everything. didn't get her coach, her teams coached by him because he was in the height of his career while she was growing yeah. up and, and playing those. And she probably does feel like she finally just got her dad back. And he, even though as present as he appears to have been when you are on the road as that much, you can, you can be present every single day so that you're much. home and it's yeah. still you know, only two thirds of the year or or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, like it chokes me up to even think about being in Vanessa's shoes because not only do you lose your soulmate, your, you know, your husband, they've been, they got married when she was 18 years old Yeah, and he was 22, but then you lose your child, which uh, unspeakable grief. I, I cannot, imagine losing my 13 year old child. Parents are not supposed to bury their children. So you've got both, but then you have three daughters that you have to be strong for and that you have to guide through this. And I just, I mean, the weight of the world is on her shoulders. I cannot, no matter, it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what your support system is, any of those things. This is the most horrific thing that I can possibly picture. Yeah. You know, and then, I mean, it just gets worse. Like every part of it just gets worse and worse. You know, the two little girls will never remember their dad. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, the one is seven months old and the other one's maybe two, three. Um, three, three, yeah. And so. But the thing is, is that she's probably asking some really difficult questions to answer because yeah, kids are so innocent and they, and it probably guts her every time she says something about, well, where's daddy? When's daddy going to come home? Right. Because they don't understand the fact that he's yeah. not, you know. The finality of and, death. That's not something three-year-olds can wrap their head around. And so if it was just Natalia and, and Vanessa, um, they could just kind of avoid it, right? Like just not talk about it, just kind of like have their grief. And, and I don't know how they choose to grieve. But obviously the babies have no concept of that. The, the babies have Which no is concept a blood, yeah. of um, – And so – it's like it's almost like that wound just keeps getting ripped open, you know, every sure. time one of the babies asks about it. So it is it is the most tragic um story. And and then also, you know, the other victims that were on the plane on the I keep saying plane, oh, helicopter. Yeah, and you know what? It, it's it's so, just as tragic for them. Oh, I mean, obviously. Their families are just ripped apart. You know, there there's a family of three that was on the plane that that they have two more siblings. I mean, imagine losing both parents and a sibling. I, I can't. You know? I, like, um, each story is more tragic than the next. Like, it is just horrific. It really is. And I saw a story this morning where they were saying that Vanessa may have been on her way to the games, but that Kobe and Vanessa made a pact when they bought the helicopter to never fly on it together. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my parents just started flying together, like, this past year. Our entire childhood... Anytime my parents took a trip or our family took a trip, my parents flew separately. 
because they, that was always the fear. God forbid something happened. We can't leave seven children with no parents. Right. So my pain and that, so when I saw that this morning, it, it kind of like opened the wound right back up because that is, my parents have talked about that. Eric and I have talked about that. We, we don't travel a whole lot at this point in our, you know, in our lives because of our four young children, but we would fly separately because that God forbid something happen. At least they have the other one. Um, so what do you, but thank God they had that, that pact because imagine oh if she was gosh. on that plane too. Well, yeah. Like I, I hate to say that like, well, at least about any of this, because it's just but all literally, so terrible. At but least. Yeah. Like when we first heard that the girls could be, uh, that all of the girls, which, which never really made a ton of sense to me. Like I know there's a lot of misreporting and stuff and you know, in today's, society it's more important to be first than it is to be accurate um so i understand all that with with the media and 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 all of their bs with with that stuff but it never really made a ton of sense to me that all four girls would would be on it i mean just from a logistical standpoint not that kobe wouldn't be the dad that could do it but like you know would vanessa really let her seven month old go with without her being there like right have you left the right have you left your baby <laughs> you know like is well that no you know I mean, is that something not that, uh, not a god on a helicopter yeah I mean, like i've gone to the grocery store and not that not that kobe wasn't a capable dad or that any dad couldn't but that one never made a ton of sense to me that that the, those four would just be on a plane a helicopter together because i i don't i mean i'm not saying he never did but my understanding of the helicopter was not that they took it out on joy rides. It was, it was really like a, like a, I'm missing it was a traffic work transportation. Type yeah. So yeah, for it was like four, having a sprinter van. So that never made a ton of sense to me, but, um, when, when that was kind of being reported as a possibility, that was just the most, uh, you know, crushing. Like if they, if all four of these little girls just died, I just, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, and, and not that it's much better, you know, not that just one dying, you know, but it's, it, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just super rough um, to, to contemplate, it's just horrific. to consider. The entire thing yeah. is horrific. And uh, anyway, do you have, we'll kind of, you know, we could, I mean, we certainly could talk about this forever. Do you have, you know, I mean, I've got a million, so. Do you, you know, I don't know how, I know you're not the biggest NBA fan, um, but do you have favorite Kobe moments? Do you have, do you have different things that stick out? I mean, I'm just really more curious and really um, hear them. I honestly, my favorite Kobe moment isn't even a basketball moment, but he was on Jimmy Kimmel and it was after the Lakers had won. Um, I believe it was the title, but it might, it might have just been conference championship. But um, anyway, they, and I can't even remember who was in the video, but it was three Laker players who are celebrating and they're cutting up and they're, you know, kind of acting like fools to the camera. And Kobe's what Jimmy Kimmel plays it for Kobe and he's watching it and he's just totally straight faced. And uh, Jimmy's like, so, you know, what do you think of that? And Kobe literally just like looks at Jimmy, yeah. looks at the audience, cross, crosses his arms and like says nothing. And basically like, I can't believe these jackasses are acting like that. I would never um, and it's so funny. I don't know why it stuck with me too. I'd have to, I don't even remember. Yeah. I think it was right I don't after, even remember. I think it was right after he retired or maybe he was injured or something like that, but like he wasn't playing. Um, right. So like yeah, they were celebrating playing, like but... that. 
I think they were. I mean, we were just terrible after he left. So, um, I don't you know. know I, think I, was, don't I think it was like the circumstances surrounding yeah, it. I think they like won a big game or something, but they were just celebrating like they'd won the NBA Finals and just acting crazy and still had like a terrible record or or whatever. So, um, I think that's kind of where his disgust for okay, you guys suck. Like, stop celebrating like that. You know. Um, like act like you've been there because you clearly haven't and this sure. is what you're celebrating. So, yeah, Jimmy asks him, you know, was definitely would, would this have uh, happened if you were there? And he was just like, no, I, I don't think so. You know, and, and obviously a much more yeah. crash way to say it. Um, I used to what love What is his, your favorite? I, I, well, in. I've got so many on the court and we could, you know, do this for another hour if we talked about them. I really like one that people don't talk about as much. Um, when when they were playing the magic, I mean, he was just such an a hole in uh, in press conferences um, until they would win the finals. And then he was like jovial and happy and and excited and stuff like that. Um, but I can remember like after winning, I want to say game four against the magic. Um, so they're up three one in the series. They just need to win one more game. Game. Five is in Orlando, but then even if they're to lose game five, they've got two in L.A. where they've not lost but one game in the play. Like They're not going to lose the next three games and, and lose the finals. And uh, I remember reporters kind of asking, hey, are you like excited? You're just one away and, and you get your fourth title. And he was just such an a-hole and just was like, nothing's been accomplished. Like, no, I'm not excited about anything. I'm not happy. I'm not excited. Nothing is is done. I, I have another day of work tomorrow. You know, I have to I have to practice tomorrow and then we have a game on Thursday or a game, you know, whatever the next day would have been. I'm not happy. I'm not excited. There's no relief. I am just I'm here to work. And I don't know that he and and some of it may have been an act, but I think most of it wasn't. Like he truly wasn't happy, you know, just they, there was no chance they were losing that series. You know, there was no chance the Magic were coming back on them. L.A. was so much better of a team. Um, you know, in, in all honesty, they could have swept that finals. They, they lost the game they lost was, was, you know, pretty coin flip. I think they lost by like two or four or something. So, uh, and had a shot at the end, you know, to win it. So, I, I don't know. I liked him in press conferences. I liked him in stuff like that. In game, uh, you know, I can remember um, – I can remember him just absolutely torching the Suns in the playoffs. And it was either the playoffs when they won it against the Magic or won it against the Celtics. Um, he hit a really, really long three in front of the um, in front of the Suns bench. And Alvin Gentry just looked over at him like, how did you hit that? And Kobe slapped him on the butt. Uh, and ran back down the other way. And Alvin Gingery, just the coach of the Suns, just kind of laughed and put his hands up like, what can you do? Um, I can remember L.A. was down by another one that's kind of underrated. Um, this was – I want to say this was the year that he got hurt and tore his Achilles, but I, I cannot remember 100%. I want to say L.A. was down by – Actually, no, this was 2011 because I was out – or 2012 because I was actually in L.A. when this happened. The game was on the road, but L.A. was down by like seven. He hits a three. Uh, Toronto hits a couple of free throws. He hits another three. 
They hit one free throw. He hits another three to send it to overtime with like a second left. And then in overtime, he scores like eight points and they win. So like just little games like that, like that was just a regular season game. It didn't have a huge, huge impact on how the rest of the year went. Um, stuff like that was cool. But then obviously the big ones of, of 81 points. I mean, I remember where I was for that. I remember where I was for all the finals games. And then um, going out to the last game was, you know, just incredible. I, like I said, we, we bought those tickets. We were in L.A. for less than 24 hours. Um, we landed at about 2 p.m. L.A. time. Um, went and got in and out, which we asked Bo about last week. But went and got in and out. Um Dropped our stuff off at the hotel, went down to Staples Center. They had kind of like fan day set up because there weren't going to be playoffs. They weren't making the playoffs that year. Um, so you could take pictures with the trophies. You could take pictures with um, Laker girls. You could just do all kind of like fan interactive stuff. And then we went in the game, and it was kind of a cool game just because it was his last game, and, and he was scoring pretty well. Um, but then, you know, for him to – uh, go on a 12-0 run by himself. The Lakers are down 10. He goes on a 12-0 run by himself, hits the game winner, and uh, kind of goes out like nobody else has ever gone out from professional sports, as, as far as I know. Like, you know, I just have never seen anything like that, and, and I don't know that we ever will. Um, you know, that that probably that one probably tops everything. You know, winning game seven against Boston was really, really cool. Karen, I saw him. Uh, beat Boston in 2000 and 2011, 2012, somewhere in there um, in L.A. So that was pretty cool. But the way he went out uh, was was super dope. So, again, I could I could keep talking about these moments for the next hour. But those are those are some of my favorites for sure. Well, I, you know, I just I think we're going to see a lot of really cool moments going forward. Bittersweet, obviously, um, some heartbreaking if the Lakers go on to win this year, which I think there's a great possibility of that happening. Um, imagine the emotion that happens with that. And honestly, whoever wins is going to say this is for Kobe in their, in their interview. Like he's, he's that transcendent that it doesn't really matter what team finishes. It, it's going to be done in his honor. Um, the hall of fame inductions, they've already said he's a, for, which he would have been a first ballot guy regardless, but it's already been announced that he is going to be uh, inducted in 2020. I, I don't know who will give that speech. I don't know if, if I'm Vanessa, I, I would want to give that speech. I don't know if I'm strong enough to give that speech, especially this soon, maybe a couple years down the road um, would be a different story, but no matter who gives it, no matter what's said, there's not going to be a dry eye in the house. This is, um, I think this just it reminds everybody, somebody that we picture as this Superman, that life is so frail. And it doesn't matter who you are, it can be taken from you in a second. Um, and I think that honestly, it's a good reminder for all of us. And it the the positive side of this is to see how united people have seemed the last few days. I mean, we're in a really, really divisive period of time. Um, in, in this country. And uh, we're kind of in a period of time where we judge people for their opinions, not just whether or not we think they're right or wrong, but whether or not we think they're good or evil based on, on their opinions. And I think this has kind of put all of that aside for a little bit. And it's kind of unified everybody for a little bit and, and reminded us of how, 
how sacred life really is. Um, and so that, that's the silver lining. Um, which it sucks that it's something like this that, that, has, to, that has to do that, right? Um, and it typically is. You know, if you think about the tragedies that have happened um, in our country, it, it typically is things like this. Sometimes it's positive things, right? Like, you know, the two the two big, big events that I kind of first come to mind are are obviously nine eleven and and then Osama bin Laden being killed, right? So one of those was weirdly to say positive, you know. Um, but yeah, usually it's tragedy. Listen, you like, you you, know, you kill a guy that has killed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thousands of Americans. Of, yeah. It's a positive. For I sure. Don't like, yeah. Now I agree. Positive. It's just it's weird to say that you know death death in one sense and sense of the word is is positive and and not in the other. But yeah, no, I I agree. But most of the time it's tragedy. You know, it's it's war or it's uh, terrible loss or it's a terrorist attack or or it's the Boston city bombings or it's a shooting that happens or just kind of whatever and and that's kind of what. Although I guess a lot of the shootings and stuff that happen, you know, can be pretty divisive as well. But um, yeah, it just sucks that it's something like this that that it took to kind of unify and to kind of bring people together. Um, but I mean, I think I think the tributes have been fantastic. You know, the the Clippers play uh, tomorrow night. I, I think it was the right decision for the for the Lakers and Clippers to kind of get that game postponed from last night. The Clippers play tomorrow night. I can't wait to see their tribute because it's a home game. It's in LA. It's the first game that's going to be played um, really on Kobe's court, you know, in the, in the house that Kobe kind of built. Um, and then the Lakers play Friday night. And I, I, uh, I'm kind of looking forward to slash not looking forward to it. And I kind of agree with you. You know, I, I really, you know, more than any other year right now, really want LeBron to to push LA and, and get this title. I think that he will play on another level. Um, and I, you know, they are the favorites in Vegas right now to win it. So, but I agree with you. I, I don't really think it matters who wins it. Um, there's a really, really good chance that the finals are in LA um, because the second favorite team to win the finals are the Clippers, and uh, I think it'd be pretty tough to pick out another team in the West that will beat either one of those teams, and especially beat either one of those teams twice. Like I, I can't see, uh, right. you know, beat both of those teams. So the 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 finals are most likely going to be in LA. Um, yeah, you know, and so I'm just telling you, if if a team, I don't care if it's Milwaukee, I don't care if it's the Orlando Magic, if a team wins the finals in LA. They are absolutely going to give Kobe credit. I mean, that'd be the very first yeah. thing they say. It, it would be the first thing LeBron says. Um, but they will yeah. absolutely say. I think it'd be the first say, thing a lot of players say. Honestly, I agree. Yeah, I think that. I think that. I just think that's going to be part of it. I think that. Um, you know the the tribute that will continue to happen for him for this year and in years to come um, will be super special. It's been cool to watch teams take the the eight-second violations and the 24-second violations, and it's been cool um, to see the different places that are lit up, um, the Sears Tower or the Willis Tower now in Chicago, the Empire State Building, um, places all over the world that aren't even sports-related. Um, 
you know, have kind of been paying tribute. You know, the Australian Open is happening and tennis players are coming out and warming up in Kobe jerseys. Duke and, and different college basketball teams are warming up in 8 and 24 um, warm-ups. You know, uh, Mavericks owner, uh, what's his name? Mark Cuban said that nobody will ever wear 24 in Dallas again. I, I think other teams will will kind of follow suit. Different Different players um, have already kind of, you know, voluntarily retired that jersey. You know, the, the team may not have, but different players, you know, at different teams in the NBA have just kind of said, like, I'm not going to wear 24 anymore. I'll, I'll go to 31 or I'll go to this or that and the other. So it's kind of a cool thing to see different people paying respect the, the way that they can. I saw UConn did something for Gigi um, and, and kind of put her – put a jersey out for her. She wore number two. Yeah. Um, in their game, the baseball coaches school has, has done something for him as well. And they, at their opener, they, they honored him. I guess he's the former baseball coach, but they, uh, they honored him in some way. Um, I, you know, I think that the school is going to honor the, um, assistant coach who, who was a coach at the local, I guess, middle school as well. Um, so, I mean, there's going to be lots of tributes that, that keep, coming out to all of these people but obviously to Kobe because of his role um in professional sports yeah I think everybody's life is as valuable and and I'm replying to jackasses on Twitter as we speak that um you know oh it's just too much you know what about the other people and stuff and I think their lives are just as valuable as Kobe's and there's no question about that all nine lives are are just as valuable and it's just as tragic you know the, the, and it's it's sad that in 2020 we have to explain this, but the difference is the impact that Kobe had on our lives and the sports world, right? Nobody impacted, you know, the the pilot as tragic as his loss is, it it didn't impact me like his life didn't impact me like Kobe's, and that's what people are mourning is the the impact and the loss of something that was so close to their lives, and so yeah, the memorials and the just kind of everything that people will do uh, for them over the next, you know, few months right. and years and things like that are, are tragic and sad and stuff. But I mean, I, I can't look away from any of them, you know, it's, it's just no. kind of. It, it's know, just, it's horrible. It's and we'll continue yeah. to discuss this. I'm sure as the podcasts go on, because this is not something that's just going away right now, there's going to be more stories that come out. There's going to be, um, you know, more tributes that happen. There's going to just be moments in sports that happen that this is intertwined with. Um, and so we're, you know, we haven't, the Lakers haven't made a statement yet. And so we'll talk about that when they do. Vanessa hasn't had a spokesperson make a statement yet. That'll happen at some point. Um, I'm sure they're trying to find a Catholic church big enough in LA to hold their funerals. Um, and when that happens, we'll talk about it. But yeah, um, the story isn't well, over. The yeah. impact's going to be so far reaching. Wouldn't shock me if they had his funeral at the Staples Center, you know, kind of like they have. Um, they may do a memorial there. Yeah. It just depends on because I'm Catholic and we're pretty strict about what we allow in, in terms the, of yeah. sacraments and such. Um, so, you know, he's going to there's going to be a private Catholic funeral mass or maybe not private, but the, a Catholic funeral so like mass for closer, yeah. Um, yeah, for Kobe and, and Gigi. Yeah, that's a good point. But I'm sure there's something that uh, because honestly, they they are going to acknowledge that the public is grieving too. Uh, there's this is different than just the family grieving, but the family 
grieving is obviously of the utmost importance. Um, but, you know, I think uh, let's pivot a little bit and talk Super Bowl because that is happening this weekend, which, by the way, I bet there's some sort of tributes that happen from players there, even though it's not even the same sport. Um, but that's that's how big Kobe's impact was just on sports in general. Um, but this is a really crazy story. And I can't even I don't know if you've seen this or not. But have you seen that Cam Soda, which is a porn site, has offered all the players playing in the Super Bowl um, <laughs> uh, cameras, free HD webcams um, set up inside their home during the Super Bowl week to catch uh, potential thieves. Okay, because obviously it's incredibly public that all of these families are away this week. Um, all of these players probably have pretty nice stuff inside their house. So Cam Soda has offered to set these up um, to ward off potential thieves. Um, and they figure players can live stream the feed from their homes 24-7 to monitor the property while they're gone or have friends and family monitor the situation. Um, and I, the company's VP says, the last thing members of the Chiefs and 49ers should have to worry about while preparing for and competing in the Super Bowl is making sure their residences are secure. But normally, these webcams are used to live stream porn. Um, I mean, I don't have a problem with it, you know, like, I just think it's gonna, hilarious. Yeah, I, mean, I, think it's smart it's, I think it's smart. Yeah. Just because of what the normal use is. Um, so Rob you know, Gronkowski's totally house, fine. um, was broken in, in the 2018 Super Bowl, and, um, uh, Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, um, I guess had theirs broken into at, at some point as well. Um, UCL Puig, uh, for the Dodgers had, had his house broken into in the world series. Um, so I, I mean, yeah, I think it's hilarious though. So yeah, uh, the, I mean, the it, offer it sucks does that not people, Yeah. It sucks that people are that crappy, right? Like they're enjoying like the happiest sports moment, you know, the ones maybe without kids or marriage or whatever, probably the happiest moment of their lives. Um, it's you top know, five, even if you, unless you have more than, you know, yeah, four kids, unless you just keep popping the kids out like crazy, like you guys. Um, yeah. Like it, it, to think that people are robbing them then. So, I mean, I like it. I think it's, it's kind of cool. I think it's hilarious. I agree with you there that, you know, that that's who's kind of sponsoring it or giving it away and stuff like that. So apparently they also said like this offer does not require you to live stream any sort of porn, but also we won't turn it down. <laughs> so which player in the Super Bowl is the most likely to take them up on that? Mm, that is a I, I don't wonderful know the that well. question. I don't, I don't either, but I think that's uh, really, really funny. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, uh, not Richard Sherman. I feel like he's too smart for that. He probably. Won't. Uh, it will never be a quarterback. So Mahomes and Garoppolo are, are safe. It's definitely not going to be them. I feel like that's more of like a DB or a wide, wide receiver. receiver move. Yeah. Like somebody that's more flashy anyway. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, I hate to pin that on anybody just yet, but, um, right. You know, yeah, I think it, it could be somebody kind of in that realm. So, um, it seems like, and you know, Vegas hasn't really moved on this a uh, whole heck of a ton. Um, but I mean, the pretty consensus 
favorite here is is Kansas City. Um, you know, ESPN's got them as a 64% chance uh, of winning according to their matchup predictor. You know, Vegas really only has it as a point and a half. So, I mean, maybe they're trying to tell people something that, you know, it is going to be a little closer than we think. But I, I think it's your... going to be pretty close to a pick em. I mean, personally, uh, that's what I think anyway. Uh, I, this is an interesting matchup because I just feel like it's not anything that anybody thought at the beginning of the season, right? Yeah, I think people thought Kansas City would would compete. I think that they thought it would be probably Kansas City, New England again in the conference championship. So I think that's, you know, Kansas City being there with, with New England kind of having a down year and a, a rough playoffs and Brady aging and things like that. Like, I don't think they're the most shocking. I think the anytime the Patriots aren't in the Super Bowl, it, it, that's kind of the shocking factor. But if you would have asked yeah. people before this season who in the AFC goes to the Super Bowl if it's not the Patriots, and people would have said Kansas City. Um, so I, I think that that side of it is not too shocking. Nobody had San Francisco. What did they win, four yeah. games last year? Um, you know, I, I think that you know your NFC teams that people would have predicted would have been the same ones they always are, Seattle, Green Bay, um, maybe the Saints get back there. Maybe Minnesota. You know, um, State Farm wanted Green Bay, Kansas City so bad. Oh, it would have been Think fantastic. Think about the discount yeah. double check commercials that would have come out of that. Yeah. And so, yeah, the 49ers are super shocked. I mean, you know, only losing three games this year to um, Seattle, Atlanta, and Baltimore, two of those teams, really good playoff teams. And, and then that Atlanta one was kind of late in the year, kind of a weird loss. But um, man, I hope it's a good game. You know, our, our national championship wasn't um, – was good for a half. You know, Super Bowl last year was close the whole time, but it was a terrible game. I don't know if you remember it or not, but it finished like 10-3 to 3 or something. Um, you know, hopefully – we get a good game, which I think we will. I think we're going to get a game with 13 to three last year. I'll correct myself. Um, but I, I hope it's fun. I'm really excited to see Mahomes. I think he's, you know, between him and Lamar Jackson, just the two most exciting players to, to watch in the NFL right now. Um, you know, he's kind of the, he's kind of the, uh, I don't know, certainly not putting him on this level, but, you know, the Kobe or LeBron or, or just whoever that you know every time they're out on the field or out on the court, they're going to do something special, especially in big games. Um, so I'm excited for that. Um, I'm excited to see John Lynch. I, I wouldn't be upset at all if San Francisco won um, just for him, you know, Bucks legend. and. Well, um, you know, the kind of thing that makes me sad about that is that so John Lynch, and I don't know if we talked about this or not, he wanted to retire a buck. And basically was not allowed to retire a buck. And that's when he went to uh, Denver and then, of course, beat Tampa uh, from, from the other end there. But I, I just feel like, and I, I know he's got ties to the Bay Area, but I just feel like he could have been doing the same thing for Tampa if his career had ended differently with Tampa. And I don't know. I just, it, I feel like he should be doing this for the Bucks, And it makes me a little sad. Yeah, no, I agree. We are a terribly run franchise and organization, and so it doesn't really shock me. I mean, if you kind of look at the the players that have left over the years and gone on and had success, like the Lynch um, as a GM leaving and having success isn't really that shocking either. Um, 
So, yeah, no, it sucks, but it's just par for the course. Like, you know, we can say everything we want to about, um, you know, Winston and anybody else, but it is going to really sting when he goes and wins a Super Bowl somewhere else with, with a competent organization that can actually coach him well, you know. And so um, just like Steve Young and Doug Williams and Trent Dilfer and everybody else. So, um, yeah, it'll, it'll, that'll, that'll hurt. And, but anyway, I'd, I'd still like Lynch to, you know, I'd be cool with him winning. I think that'd be fun, but I'd be cool with Mahomes winning. He is super exciting to watch. He's kind of like, they're, they're, they kind of remind me of the Warriors a couple of years ago. Like I know people hate the Warriors and hate Kevin Durant for teaming up with them and stuff like that, but they're just so exciting and they're so fun to watch. And, you know, I'm, I'm a, I, I have no dog in the fight either way. But I'm a fan of exciting football, and so I'm hoping this year will be a little bit better than last year's 13 to three, Bo- the most boring Super Bowl I've ever watched, without a doubt. It was so bad. Um, I think I think I'm good there. I think. Do you have a prediction for the game? Um, for the game. Uh, okay. Yeah, you know, honestly, I think San Francisco wins. I think it's going to be really close. Um, I saw somewhere that 86% of the people betting on the game in Vegas are picking the over, um, over under 55 points. So 86% of people feeling that way is is pretty interesting to me. Um, I think, so that means it's a decent scoring game if that happens, which... uh, you know, I, I appreciate. I think the more points scored, the more fun it is. Especially if it's if you don't have a, a dog in the fight, um, your team's not not in there. I think it's really close, but I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it's San Francisco. Well, because we don't agree on anything, I'll take the other side. I am Team Mahomes here. Um, I think we need to put a bet on this. I think we disagree okay. on a lot and uh, need to make this much more interesting. Um, so. What uh, what are we thinking here? What is what is the bet? Um, how about if Kansas City wins, I'll wear a Florida State shirt and tweet a picture of it. If uh, I'm San not Francisco doing this. wins, nah, I, I can't do this. <laughs> I, I I just won't even. Not that um, confident in your pick, there, huh? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I I <laughs> have watched a couple games from both teams all year. And uh, okay, so I just will get I will get way too much troll blowback on that, and so uh, nah, they, we're not getting we're not catching me in one of those, especially because um, we're we're recruiting you anyway. Yeah, like whew, could you imagine the jokes? Um, let's do. Oh, I am off of whole thirty next week or this week. Friday is my last day, so um, we we do that every January. So let's do a Woody's lunch in the next you know week or two. Uh, a deal loser that, has is, to, that works for me. Loser has to, um, buy lunch there. So, um, Perfect. which I'm down to go next week because I'll be off of this stupid thing and, and we'll figure it out. So, um, all right, cool. With that, I think I, I don't have anything else. I want to talk Kobe, talk a little bit of Super Bowl just cause this week we'll kind of get back to regularly scheduled programming next week. Um, I'm sure we'll record on Monday or, or something like that. Cause the game's on Sunday night. So, um, other than that, I, I don't have anything. We appreciate you guys' support. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, Peak2Pit. Allie, is it Allie underscore Peak? Um, it is, Allie underscore Peak. And then we love the underscores here, TJ underscore Pittenger. Uh, we appreciate you guys' feedback and support. And uh, 
We'll do it again next week. I appreciate you hanging out.